Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and hello everyone. Welcome to Table Flip episode 11. The cycle is finally at an end, and I am joined in the studio with Nate Ketrasel. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, sir. Good, oh. good. I'm good, I'm good. Uh, unfortunately, Matt is not with us once again this uh, week. He is at a work meeting, unfortunately, which kind of sucks, but uh, hey, you got to bring home the bacon somehow, so... This episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the cycle ending itself for the new Force Pack, and uh, we're going to bring back Deck Talk. So we're going to go back to our structured format and a lot of feedback on the last couple episodes, and uh, it seems like you guys wanted some, some of the old school stuff back, so we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to do that. But first of all, Nate, how was your week? It was pretty good. Um, I got a part-time job, Yeah, so I'm not completely unemployed and broke, so <laughs> that was good. Um, it's it's doing what I what I used to do working in, in furniture industry, but doing uh, more IT type work oh, than good. engineering. So it's it's a challenge and it's it's really fun. Well, congrats! I wish buddy. it was full time, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it is better than nothing. I agree. Well, hey, you ooh, know- also also, um, so <laughs> this is really dorky, but awesome. Um, the Funko Pop Star Wars bobblehead things. Yeah. Um, I found a full set of them except for like the six new ones. Oh, and, and I got them all. So now I have a bunch of bobbleheads. So once they get here, I'll have to put a picture up on the on the um Facebook page for for the podcast. You know, just to show off my dorkiness. You know, uh, for some reason, I just picture you in like in the middle of like a Star Wars and just random collection room where there's oh, like you should act, I will actually one one of these days I will take a picture in my room because that's basically what it what is, it is awesome. with a bed in the middle. <laughs> so this is this is my room. Wow, you got a lot yes. of neat stuff here. Where do you sleep? Yes. Uh, just that bed in the middle of it somewhere. Where's all your furniture? Oh, I just need a bed. The rest I just, you know. Yeah, I use I use the bed as a couch. <laughs> but enough about my my awesome room awesomeness. Let's continue with the show. Well, yeah, let's do that. All right, so uh, my week was good. Um, been working a lot. Got a uh, new, another new part-time job. So I'm working about 50 hours a week, which is fun. I get the weekends off, which hey, I really can't complain about. So um, been playing a lot of Star Wars since the new Force Pack came out and with the cycle ending. Really trying to kind of hammer out that uh, the deck that I'm enjoying the most, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit later date here um, uh, in the show. But... Um, this, the cycle's done there, Matt. Or Matt, wow. See, yeah, I, I yeah, miss him job, already. Matt. I miss him already. <laughs> His sultry Canadian tone. Uh, poor Matt. A? Stupid work on a Sunday. I know, right? Anyway, uh, so the Hoth cycle is ending, Nate. And why don't we kind of share our, our overall thoughts? Because I know that we we did a little bit last week, and we kind of got um, – uh, the other Matt and his uh, buddy Jonathan's thoughts on the uh, cycle, but we didn't really kind of cover ours. So, what did you think of it? Um, did you uh, did you enjoy it? And how do you think it changed the meta and just kind of how people play uh, as a whole? Um, overall, I liked it mainly because it was the first four cycle for the game, so it was all new cards we haven't seen anything for the game outside of edge of darkness and this force cycle so just that in and of itself was amazing because anytime you get new cards for a new game they're going to have a large impact on it Mm -hmm. um they didn't necessarily have as big of an impact because of how good the core set and edge of darkness were but i think down the road we're going to see a lot more come from unique and more creative decks using some of this stuff i don't think that 
you know, the game environment that we're in currently with just, you know, basically three sets of different cards mm-hmm. is indicative of what's going to be in the future. I think it just is indicative of a new game and what a new game offers to us. Yeah. Other oh, than yeah, that, sure. uh, there's a lot of really good individual objective sets, and then there's a lot of subpar kind of meh objective sets which you're going to have in any game yeah not every card is going to be the best card ever unless uh, you're sick there's a lot of them yeah unless you're sick <laughs> then every card that comes out is the best card ever so there's that uh i, I like the direction that some of the factions are taking mm-hmm. especially uh, rebels have yeah. some kind of neat tricks that are kind of being alluded to with the current yeah. um, force packs other than that, overall, I, I like the Haas cycle. I think it's a I think it was a good place to start mm-hmm. for the card game since, you know, the core set started with the original movies. Yeah. Um and then you had Edge of Darkness, which went more into a little bit of expanded universe, a little bit of, you know, some of the stuff that you didn't mainly see in the movies that was kind of just on the fringes. Mm-hmm. I thought that covering, you know, the Haas cycle was a good launching point. For what the game was intending to do. Yeah, you know, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I like the Haas cycle just because Shadows of the Empire was definitely one of my favorite um, out of the three. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, I like Return of the Jedi the, the most, but I really enjoyed the Shadows of the Empire kind of setting because it was just that it wasn't the foresty or wasn't the, you know, deserty type of typical, I guess, uh, backdrop that we're used to seeing in most Star Wars movies or most books, you, you really. Mean, do you mean Empire Strikes Back? Yes, I'm sorry. Shadows of the I'm Empire. Sorry, Shadows of the Empire is a great book and a great game. Yes, but yes. It uh, was never a movie. <laughs> well, I know what? It needs to be. Disney, get on that, please. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, in all honesty, that book and that and the, and the movie it's, itself is really kind of, I think, really what kind of really writes what star wars is really about it's just good storytelling and the cards really portray that very very well as as well i think um i was a little disappointed that we didn't see more different style major units um that would be a little bit more um, impactful in the game uh i know the dark side really didn't change all that much as far as i guess the top competitive decks uh, we, we mainly saw Sith Control with a variance of once Edge of Darkness came out, we saw some of the um, uh, Spice Visions decks with uh, Crate Dragon and Bib Fortuna. And then we saw some interesting Navy decks with um, the Unstoppable Advance with the ATATs or ATATs, as I like to call them. But Nate's like, don't call them that. Ah, ah, cringing. Yeah, and I think, I think part of that, too, goes back to just the limited card pool that we currently have. It's it's hard mm-hmm. to really say that you know, Sith Sith control is going to be the best deck for the life of this game, when you only have you know less than three hundred cards basically in the card pool for I a think, given side. I think Sith, Sith control will always be in the top meta because oh, it will because of how good it is. Yeah, because I mean, but it's it's Sith control. I mean, the, the whole control yeah. has always been a great defensive weapon, and plus they have a lot of really good offensive weapons. But I think for the Haas cycle as a whole, it was honestly I like this more for the artwork than the cards. Um, I'm kind of kind of I, I like art 
uh, which sounds weird because I'm not an artist in any way. I, I can't draw a circle to save my life. But I, I like the style that the artist um, that FFG hired or um, contracted out to to, to do these the, the art for the cards. And, and I hope they stick around for the, the whole entirety of the, the card game because they're just – they're really, really good. They know how to use um, some of the, you know, the current lighting uh, artwork effects that – on cards, you know, make things look like they're holographic and not just blue. Um, I, I really kind of give a kind of a hats off to those people because being able to draw like that and being able to use Photoshop that effectively is is, is something that's um, you don't see a lot in card games. I mean, if we look like if we look at like Magic cards, they're really dark and boring. I mean, the art's pretty good, but yeah, they're just all kind of dark and gloomy, and there's really no color to them. There's no eye popping. Wow, that's a really cool looking card. It's just they're really all the same kind of color tone. Um, yeah, and I think I think too kind of kind of to that point as well. Not only with the Star Wars card game, but with everything that FFG does, mm-hmm. their art value is fantastic it across is. all their games. And I think one of the things that they do exceedingly well is if you look at Magic, for example, or even Yu Gi Oh or some of these other games that have um, foil cards. Mm-hmm. FFG doesn't need that because their cards as a just normal playing card look just as good as some of the chase foils that magic had that were like extra art and shiny and special and everything right, right. and look good ffg's art looks amazing to begin with no i so agree you don't need to add all these frills and bells and whistles well you know to be fair i do miss do miss my shinies i do miss my hollow foils that's one of the reasons i started collecting pokemon again as um i really do kind of miss opening those booster packs and kind of going oh what am i gonna get what am i gonna get or Oh, I got this really cool rare. I'm gonna sell it for two thousand dollars on eBay. Woo! But um, or, or or if you played the original Pokemon TCG, oh good, I got six energy and a ten card booster pack. Yay! That was fun. Um, I, I would definitely agree with that, Nate. Um, the artwork is good enough to not need the the, the shinies and the hollow foils. But I would like to see them start doing full art cards and alternate art cards rather than just the Arabish text. Um, be, uh, it, I agree. Like, I agree. They're with that. really cool, but. It kind of gets old after a while. It's like, okay, cool. The the um, Red 2 and Vader were really neat. It was like, oh, that's really neat. But then, like, you you see them more and more, and they're slowly becoming, okay, well, you're only going to get them if you have a tournament kit or if you go to some sort of big event. And for the most part... And, and they've, they've done a good job with the alternate art and extended art cards in, in other games. I think that, especially with Star Wars, it's probably going to take a little more time because of how much information is, is physically on the card mm-hmm. image itself. Like, if you look at a, a typical unit, there's a lot of information that's not just text that can be moved. There's a lot that's actually yeah. like with like connected to the picture with like the the unit damage icons mm-hmm. and the force icons. So it might take a little longer for them to get some of that around. Yeah, no, I would. But I agree. Mm-hmm. Even like even like if you just uh, if they just redid objective cards as their extended art, which already basically are extended art cards because of how they're they're right. worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, but... It's all really good. I, I mean, I, like, there hasn't been a single card where I'm like, that's kind of... I don't, I don't like the way that looks. Um, honestly, they're all just fantastically... Fantastic, fantastically? Is that a, That's not a word. Fantastic cards, and um, Matt actually just messaged me on Skype, so we'll be adding him to the, the, the call here in just a second. 
Um, he's getting yeah, his he's getting his mic set up. But um, while we're waiting for that, um, Nate, what has been your biggest disappointment in, in the force uh, the uh, Haas cycle? Uh, probably between the the force cycle itself and Edge of Darkness, my my biggest disappointment probably has to deal with uh, the scum affiliation. I, I want it to do better or more than it currently is. I think that it has the potential to be a better control deck yes. than Sith. Agreed. But it's not, and that's disappointing. Well, um, I think and, mainly probably because Sith is just so good right now. Yeah, and down the road that may change. And kind of kind of the same thing on, on the opposite side um, with, with light side. I... There's no faction light side that I'm necessarily disappointed with. They all have their their one thing or two things that they're really good at. Like rebel decks are great if you try and do a vehicle deck and want to be hyper aggressive. Yep. They also have some wacky, weird character things with Leia shenanigans and like it's a fun faction to play. Same with um, smugglers. You know they're very very good and they have a lot of the tricks. Jedi seems to be the weakest of the three factions for light side currently, just mm-hmm. because there hasn't been a lot of new character based right. stuff. Like the, no. the new yep. Luke accents vehicle decks well yeah. isn't necessarily a good character in and of himself. Yeah. So overall, I think that they they did well with this being their first four cycle. I think there's some things that can be addressed in the future to Mm -hmm. fix some of the issues that that, that I personally currently have without having to redesign anything. No, no, I would additions here and there to tweak. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Uh, Let's actually get Matt in on this call here and uh, hopefully he will connect without a problem. Matt, are you there, sir? I'm here. All right, cool. Welcome to the show. He is, uh, he's he's officially here. Matt, uh, we've been talking about the, um, Hall cycle and just kind of our opinions of it. Um, we've kind of already okay. given given our opinions. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what you uh, kind of thought about the overall cycle itself? Um, hmm. Overall, I like it. Um, it's it added some fun stuff. I think I just not sure how much competitive wise it added and. As much as I'm a fan of the Haas cycle, and you know everybody knows I would love that particular part of the movies and stuff, I almost think it could have come later in the game's evolution, not as early as it did. I th- it feels like a... I don't, I don't want to say gimmicky, but... No, I, I think gimmicky is probably the right word right now with with a lot of the Hoth cards. But, um, I mean, I do like it, like, and it's, it's popular. Like, here, like, I was down a couple weeks ago playing in Halifax with the Halifax guys, and almost all of us were running some sort of a speeder deck. And it wasn't even that they're necessarily good or bad decks or whatever. It was just it was something fun to throw together and play because it was it was just after we got uh, Battle of Hoth, I think, which was pack five. So, you know, it added yeah. Rogue Leader, Rogue Two, and, you know, finished off the speeder stuff. So everybody was like, oh, I need to get this put together. And, you know, some people had the pack, some didn't, so... They're all slightly different variations right. of spirit decks, so we're all kind of bashing them together. They're fun, 
I, I mean, my Sith deck was slightly frustrated with it just because so many of the Sith things, you know, target characters, creatures, not vehicles. So it was frustrating, but I still got around it by, you know, like force choking one of my royal guards and then pinging his speeders or whatever. But I, I question the long-term viability of a lot of the Haas stuff. Some things could be staples. Possibly the recent pack with the Executor arrives with the the Sith Holocron could find its way into the Sith decks for a while just because it's not overpowered. (laughs) It's limited. And it's good, but there's stuff like that. And like even... Like, uh, the first pack gave us a message from beyond for the Jedi. I can see Jedi decks using that all the way through because, you know, it's a good thing to add to one of your characters to keep them alive a little bit longer. So, yeah, I mean, there is some stuff, but some of it is going to be like, yeah, hey, let's play Hoss just for, you know, the hell of it. Yeah. Like, like Walkers. I'm, I've been really disappointed by Walkers. You know, I was, I had the name all picked out, Texas Ranger, and I was all excited for Walkers. I haven't won with them yet. Now, granted, usually I'm, we're bashing them against speeders just because, you know, it's, it was very thematic. One of the games that Ben and I had, I had a bunch of speeders. Like I had all the name speeders and a couple other random speeders. And I had this one random Twi'lek loyalist that decided to meditate in the Battle of Hoth for some silly reason. And then he had all walkers going against me. So we're like, hey, this is kind of cool. It's just like the movies. But the walker deck, they just they can't even compete, which I guess in some ways is thematic because you know the walkers kind of lost that battle, but the right. girls ended up winning. I don't know. Well, I mean, like... Both you and uh, Nate just kind of bring up good points. Like it was a really good uh, cycle to start out with, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot better improvements on what's been given to us. Because you know, right now they're kind of limited in what they can do, just because of excuse me the uh, the card pool. So I think I think overall that the Haas cycle was the best one to start with, and I really really am looking forward to Heroes and Legends because. I think everyone knows by now that I have a complete uh, kind of man crush on Kyle Katarn. He is awesome. So, Who? Uh, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Katarn. Didn't you say in the forums, though, that you weren't ready yet for Kyle Katarn to come and Corin Horn or somebody else said that or something? That was <laughs> that was not me. Oh. Uh, I think we could find that quote. Okay, okay. Listeners, challenge. Find the quote for me and don't actually make it up. All right, so uh, let's actually move on. To the Challenge new... accepted. Challenge accepted. Let's move on to the Force Pack. And this Force Pack was the last one in the cycle. Uh, it added some interesting cards and objective sets to the card pool. So we have a couple ones that I want to kind of go over, um, kind of ones that stood out. I want to start with Light Side. You want to start with Light Side? Okay. I want to start with Light Side. Okay, so uh, Nate, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I'm, we're going to go over Heroes Resolve first because it's a really fun objective set. Um, so it starts with the objective, which... Uh, lots of damage. Uh, each card in your edge stat gains an extra force icon for edge battles. Um, typical 5-1. So the card that basically makes the objective set is Luke Skywalker. Uh, he's a Jedi card, and he also is a pilot unit. Um, his pilot ability is amazing! Yeah. Basically, you can put him on a, on a speeder or a fighter. And the speeder or fighter gets a unit damage and a tactics, but that's just kind of extra stuff on top. Because whenever the speeder that or vehicle that he's piloting gets destroyed, Luke bounces back into play. Yeah, that, that's pretty epic. So 
there's so many good ways to use him right now in vehicle decks. Can you imagine and if you just, could put him on home one? <laughs> uh, there, it, it's it's funny the ways that I've I've gotten to use him. Like I had him um, on an X-wing escort against <laughs> a uh, uh, executor, and the guy's like, "Well, I'm never gonna block that." <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, come at me, come destroy. My my Luke, so I just got to sit there and basically pile tactics awesome. on on his executor and keep all my stuff alive. It was it was really funny. Um, he allows you to do some really funny, odd, unique, different things with vehicle decks that mm-hmm. weren't available before, and basically let you just throw your vehicles with wild abandon against your opponent's defenses going, yeah, I want you to kill this unit. I then get Luke. No, I would definitely agree. I think that he's, he's such a fun card. I mean, yeah, he, he's just, he's just a ridiculously fun yeah. card. Um, the objective set's boring. So let's not talk. Yeah. About I mean, it. <laughs> it's just, you know, speeder, Tauntaun, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Um, one of my, uh, personal favorites was the, uh, rebel version of Han Solo. Um, he, you know, Honestly, with with Han Solo still only having two HP, he's still very very vulnerable to force choke. But he is one of the he is the first um, deck search ability in in the game, which uh, he has an interrupt when this unit leaves play. Search your card for a Rebel Alliance card, reveal it at your hand, shuffle your deck. <laughs> Man, I have the hiccups terribly today. I apologize. And. He's elite, which uh, honestly is, makes him really, really good because you can come into the force with three uh, force icons, which makes him awesome. But again, he's just – he has that really weird spot where he's in – he's a really good card, like a rebel weird spot. But he's in just like a odd objective set. Um, I, I haven't really found any good place for him in a, I guess, competitive sense. But in a you know more fun aspect deck, he definitely kind of fits into the the Hospeeder, uh Rebels, which is which is a lot of fun. Um, Nate, I actually, yeah, I actually played against somebody that was running the, the Rebel Han objective set uh, with Leia mm-hmm. and some other stuff. I don't remember exactly what was in it. The deck, it wasn't very good, but it was hilariously awesomely fun to play against because. It was basically like he had so many ways to sacrifice his characters, and he was basically like, "Okay, I play Han, uh, I attack at the start of your turn. I sacrifice him. I search out Leia. I play Leia. I sacrifice Leia. All the stuff comes off. I Rebel Assault." It was just so wacky what his deck was doing, and it made me smile. But it ended up just kind of fizzling and falling apart because it didn't do anything other than just be a hilariously awesome deck. Yeah, I mean, it's – and, you know, kind of to, to Matt's point about the, the Haas cycle just being a little bit kind of gimmicky, which I think this kind of puts the lid on that a little bit because it's, okay, yeah, cool. It's another Leaves Play card, but, like, what are you going to use him for? Are you going to use him to – you're going to pay four and then instantly kill him to search your deck for a card that you probably won't be able to play on your turn because – yeah, if it was if it if it was enter or leave play, yeah, it would just be amazing. A lot better. It's like, I, oh, I'm on honestly, home one. Let me just let me just grab him real quick. Yeah, honestly though, I think the best card in that entire objective set is the is the resource, the buried outpost, mm-hmm. because it's not limited and it's free. So even if you don't 
use its forced reaction to sacrifice a unit and it comes in with some with a um focus on it already mm-hmm. it ends up being an advantage because you could play that and a cloud city cantina the yep. same turn and next turn you're ahead on resources yeah yeah i mean i it's... i really like the buried outpost no i would definitely agree uh matt do you have any thoughts on the uh, han solo that's in a very cute eskimo outfit um, I haven't had a chance to use them, unfortunately, because I just got the pack on Friday. Uh, it was a week late getting here, and then it took me a week to get down to Halifax. I I like the Han set. Like, I think he got previewed a while ago, so we kind of knew he was coming into this pack. I like him, and I I can see him fitting into the whole, like, kind of tricky rebel stuff that they seem to be giving us some things, like, like with Leia, and, you know, they feel very combo-ish i guess you could say mm-hmm. so i can see him fitting somewhere i don't know if he fits anywhere yet right I'm, no I yeah i mean try a deck with him yeah um the luke though i do like and like he got preview a few weeks ago so i just printed off some proxies at work when ben and i played our our battle hoth battle and i actually had luke and managed to get him out and then i was kind of thinking about it i was like man but if the opponent doesn't want to blow up the vehicle i was like no wait just put him on a snow speeder and heat a ballot put out luke so, I mean, you could do it yourself to get Luke out for free. Yeah. And it it, it is kind of cool when you get him out for free, and it, it feels very much like the movie, because, you know, the whole scene where Luke jumps out of his speeder before the walker walks over. You can't heat a battle your own units. It's only oh, really? It's, not, yeah. it's enemy units? Eh. Yeah. I'm sure I guess I'll find some way to do it. Um, heroic sacrifice. Yeah, let's say you can technically heroic sacrifice. Or the, um, yeah. you're my only hope. My deck. You're my is only you know, hope. And then some other And that other retreat one, whatever it's called. I gotta change my whole deck. There's ways. There's <laughs> many ways. Um, so, um, okay, so uh, let's uh, let's move on to uh, hunt them down, which is uh, another objective set for the scum and villainy faction, which it reads as this: this objective gains plus one resource the value for each captured card here. Now, when I first read this, I was like, okay, well, that's kind of silly because who'd want to put seven resources, put seven resources on it, and then never use it ever again. But, I mean, if you think about it, you can give this two or three extra resources and have a pretty good-sized resource. But my only problem with this is, just like any other captured objective set, it's just like, okay, once you die, you get all those cards back. So I've never really been like, oh, man, they captured a card. It's like, well, I get six cards back. Shucks. Um, I Like, the whole objective set itself would be good if the two fire units were two and not three and i think dangar is really awesome but i don't don't think he has a place yet um yeah and the problem the problem too with a lot of these um scum cards that we're seeing that gain some kind of benefit from having a card captured at them mm -hmm. there are way too many of them yeah you know if you have this out if you have um Jabba's Reach out, if you have Dangar out, if you have, you know, there's 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 a whole list of them that gain a benefit from having something captured at them. Fine and dandy. Give me more ways to capture yep. things effectively. No, I would The definitely. problem is, is that if you give people too many cheap or easy or free ways to capture cards, it turns into, okay, now my opponent is running all capture stuff. I don't get to play anything for the whole game. <laughs> so, I like this stuff. I like the direction it's taking. I want more capture, but at the same time, I realize that if there's too much capture, it basically is going to make it ridiculously unfun to play against scum. So 
oh, it's frustrating because I want Scum to be the capture deck. Yeah. But I don't want it to be so capture heavy that it basically turns into a complete lockdown where I don't get to play anything because it's just instantly going to get captured. Uh, I mean, so. another problem is there's, they don't have a lot of resources. So you're constantly going. They have a ton. Not really. Yeah, not really. Yes. Not really. You have a ridiculous amount. I have six, two resource providing objectives. Like, it's ridiculous sometimes the amount of stuff I can get out. The problem with Dengar that I have, and I was debating this with somebody in my thread about flipping scum on the CGDB boards, and we he playtested it before I had a chance to, is Dengar doesn't fit in that deck, and I don't think the deck for Dengar exists yet. Eventually, when there's more bounty hunters, I think Dengar will find a home in a bounty hunter deck, but that deck doesn't exist yet because we don't have enough of them that right. can go together well. I mean, we've got Greedo and Bosk, and Bosk is really good at you know taking out that particularly problematic character unit um, and stuff, but I just don't think the deck exists yet for Dengar, so he doesn't fit anywhere mm-hmm. yet. And it's like Nate was saying, capture... Like, and a lot of people are, some people are really disappointed. Like, there's at least a couple people on the board who are constantly complaining about how terrible scum are, and they just rail and rail and rail instead of trying to find a way around and use what they do have. But the problem that people have to realize with capture is it's like Nate was saying if capture is overdone, it will create a very bad negative play experience that will make people quit the game. Capture is going to be such a hard thing for FFG to balance as the game grows and yeah. ages that they got to be really careful. Like they're literally walking a knife's edge. If they go too far with the whole capture thing, you might as well just throw your deck at your opponent and say, here you go, here's my deck. You <laughs> yeah. Like, and the other thing, too, that, your opponent. Yeah, the other thing, too, I've noticed, a lot of the scum stuff, the main focus of whatever the objective set is about, so like Dengar, for this instance, is really good. But then the assault fighters that come with him—it's terrible. No, they're they're, they're great, but they're overcosted. They should have cost two. At two cost, they're an amazing two drop unit. Well, At yeah, three but, cost, you're not gonna play them. But what 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 unit would you want to capture that costs one? It's not that. It's that they have a black blast damage. Scum needs objective damage. Well, no, this yeah, has it. It costs too much, though, yeah, is the issue. Yeah. And, you know, the reaction is whatever. You know, if I get to capture one cost units, that's fine. But it's the, it's the blast damage. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at a lot of the scum decks in the past, they don't have that. They're, they they do a great job of controlling, you know, and then it all relies on, okay, if I'm playing Crate Dragon, do I get it with a Spice Visions and can start taking stuff out? Mm-hmm. Or am I just going to sit back and play defense the whole game? Well, you know, So uh, the another... concept of the unit's great, but if it costs too it would find a spot. Yeah, no, so. I, I would definitely agree. I mean, you know, another problem that I, I kind of just kind of am seeing here is they don't know what to focus on. Sometimes they release a bunch of characters. Sometimes they release a bunch of vehicles. So we're like kind of left with this odd mixture of character and vehicles and then a little bit of capture it's like okay what do we run do we run an all character scum deck that really has no blast damage whatsoever and is just pretty much on defense and has some capture mechanics or do we run a scum vehicle deck with some navy thrown in there and you know try and deal as much damage as possible so uh, i yeah but yeah i mean that's like any of the affiliations i mean you can look at any of them and they've got 
Well, not really, slash, though. Except for Sith. Sith, are, Sith and Jedi are very character, but Rebel, you can build a character Rebel deck using, like, their troopers and stuff. I don't yeah, think it would be a particularly great deck, but you could. Well, I, I'm talking, I'm talking like, like, the main units that come in, uh, that come in the objective set. Like, if it's... Scum seem to me, almost, like, they're more like a... I don't know how to put this. It's like, Hybrid? this doesn't fit anywhere else, let's put it in the Scum. Like, Scum is where we're going to see, I think, more of, like, the alien races. Like, because you know Navy, it's it's all humans mm-hmm. because of the whole the way the Empire was done. Sith, it's I mean they're basically all humans too, more or less. And Rebel so far is pretty much all humans. And Jedi, I mean all the Jedi big guys, except for Yoda. Let's say Yoda's definitely not a human. human. Or, yeah, or... but Yoda's the only one that's an alien. I mean, there's a Twi'lek loyalist, but I don't consider it a main unit. Well, I mean, Jedi we have the we have the Godal Outcast too. Godal Outcast too. Yeah, that's... but it's like I. I was thinking this last night. I don't even know why. Cause probably because I was watching Star Wars yesterday with my kids. And I was like, I want to see more of the alien races mm-hmm. in the card game. Like, right now, like, I want to see, like, I don't know, something, like, something weird like the Ithorians or something. <laughs> or I'm I'm listening to the the Thrawn trilogy audiobooks at, at work, and I really want to see the Nogri someday in that yeah. game. Because they're just such an interesting race. And, you know, more Wookiees and stuff. So Scum, I think, is we're going to see more of that kind of stuff, plus droids. And I think as Scum evolves, we'll see more of that hodgepodge stuff because, you know, look at a scene in Jabba's palace. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of different wacky races in there, some of which I didn't even know what they were called until I saw them in the card game or in, you know, right. the old Wizards of the Coast RPG and stuff. So Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, eh. I think we'll get there. I just think that Scum right now is in that weird place of we're almost there, kind of like Smuggler was with... Um, the uh the the, the uh, smugglers Jedi decks that we were running before Edge of Darkness came out. I mean, like they're almost there. The ones Edge of Darkness came out, Smugglers was finally there. They have just complete rid- ridiculously good cards. Scum has some really great cards too, but they're like there's not that one or two objective sets to tie them all together, which is what Smugglers got when they got the Falcon and Chewie, basically. So I think that we're we're kind of missing that one to two objective sets that are just kind of really finally tie everything together and go, oh well this makes sense we should just run this 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 and this this there we go good 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 deck, but uh, moving on uh, we're gonna talk about endless reserves next, guys I think this is probably the best objective set to date in this game, um, it is possibly the most meta defining, and. Sarcasm off. Over. Off <laughs> yeah, no. Is this? Uh, uh, my only question is why. Go. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> when I first saw, it, I thought, "Oh, cool! I could use play a bunch of those and reduce something by." And I was like, "Oh, wait, the next card. So if I play one, not one of them, then the other one costs negative one. Yay!" That Do you limitation. Think it, it was a misprint, maybe. Like, like maybe they're gonna. I'm be like, sure if it was, we would have heard about it by now. Probably. I can't see it. I could see them possibly erratic it to <laughs> changing the rules. Change it to, you know, the next card that doesn't cost zero or something. Yeah. Um. It might fit somewhere eventually. Like if, if we get like a, I can't think of there's any trooper units that cost one, but you know maybe if we had like a bunch of really cheap trooper units or something that was really cheap and you could just you know throw one down play a unit for free throw one down play then maybe yeah but i don't know 
I province would... are you going to want to clutter your deck up? Yeah, I mean, like, who wants five of these? Who wants five of these, or, or gosh forbid, ten of these in your yeah. deck? It's like I would never use two of these. It's like it should it should have been printed limit of one, like because you're never going to want to <laughs> use two. Is, I I not even that. I, I think that all you have to do to to fix this card is you say reduce the cost of the next unit card you play this phase by one, mm-hmm. then you can play unlimited numbers of them, reduce the cost of a unit card, and bam, you're done. Yeah, yeah that's true. That, that fixes too. it. But I think the reason that they didn't and and left it this way is it actually is a powerful effect if you think about it. It is. It reduces the cost of anything. Well, it the is. The problem is it takes up too many slots mm-hmm. In a deck. If this had been a one of card in a Imperial objective set, everybody would be like, wow, that card is amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. But as a five of copy in an objective set that really doesn't do anything, it's just like, oh, okay, I, yeah. I guess. Let's I be think it should have come with some TIE Fighters. Like some of the, like the TIE Fighter, the, the basic one only costs one. So, you know, if it come with a couple TIE Fighters and then maybe two copies of... Yeah. Oh, if this had come card? with, like, like a one-cost Stormtrooper, a one-cost TIE Fighter, yeah. and three vast resources, yep. it has a spot exactly. in either vehicle decks or trooper decks. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, with five copies of this, it's like, okay... Um, Let's be honest next here. Next objective set. Have a home. I, th- I think Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Flight was kind of like, well, what do we do for the last dark side neutral for all cycle? Uh, I know. Let's call it endless resources and put five of one card in there. Yeah, there we go. Okay, cool. For Shit. all we know, though, you know, three, four cycles down the road, there's something that just combos off yeah, of this. Yeah, it's and just like goes infinite, well, and you're just like, well, yes. Please not please. three, four cycles. Maybe three, four packs. Four no, cycles is a long cycles. time away. That's no, like you know what? Everybody will have forgotten about this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's then true. it'll be like, oh, ooh. Yeah. Well, you know, like, it's funny because, lo- again, the art is spectacular. I love the art in, in this objective set, but I just, like, I read this and just, I'm still just going, why? Like, I understand the usefulness of it, but like Nate said, it just, I, I don't want to draw four of these on a mulligan and just go, well, I'm officially screwed, and just go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play uh, a Tie Fighter, and for free, I'm gonna come into the Force, and it's your turn. And your opponent just kind of looks at you like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. just, I, I, I just, it, I, it might have a home eventually. Right now, it just kind of, it, it will eventually. Fluff. Not so, right now, new. No, well, that pretty much goes over the whole force pack. There's not much left that's any good in it, so we might as well just keep moving on. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the Sith Holocron first. Really? I don't like anything out of that. Out of that I know, it's, just, it's so terrible. Just Oh, terrible. wait, sorry, I forgot Matt said sarcasm off. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, our bad, our bad. So, the Executor arrives, probably one of the, probably the okay. most... Meta- I'm going to interrupt for one yes. second. Sorry, Patrick. It's the Executor, not Executor. Did I say executor? You said executor, and Nate keeps saying executor. It's just making me twitch. My eye keeps twitching. Technically, yeah. Executor. Well, you, it's you think guys of say Starcraft. Ad, ad, so I'm gonna say. Executor. <laughs> I have never said Ada. I say <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, the executor okay. arrives. Um, this whole objective set is just ridiculously good. Um, 
let's just start with the, the, the bread and butter, which is the executor itself or the executor itself. Um, he has 10 HP. That's a thing. <laughs> uh, he can't be targeted by anything except for targeted strike and the tie or yeah, the uh, X-Wing attack squadron, his ability. Um, as long as it's undamaged, so no rebel assaults, no pretty much anything. He's pretty much invincible, come in with the force and just kind of leave him there. Um, he has ridiculously good icons, and his reaction is anytime a card is sacrificed, deal damage to a targeted enemy unit or objective. So that's a thing, too. So, also, oh, yes. It triggers off of your opponent sacrificing. Cards. Yes, it does. So, Leia's on the field. Too bad. I'm going to deal damage to whatever I like. Yeah, it's, it's, uh. It's, it's pretty funny to, to watch your opponent play your My Only Hope and then be like, okay, I'm going to kill something. <laughs> Wait, yeah. people actually play Leia? Yeah, yeah, I know. Kind of yeah, Leia's fun to play now. Uh, Leia... uh, I, I can see the fun factor. I just can't. Yeah, fun factor, yes. Competitive factor, no. She worked in. No, no, no. no. She's she's not good competitive yet. But the executor is getting a lot of hype right now, and I mean it's part of the new whole new pack thing. Oh, I but think. it's ridiculously good, Matt. But we've known about it for months too. So like a lot of people are like, oh my god, this unit's overpowered. I'm like, dude, we saw this six months ago when they previewed this cycle, so it's really not a huge thing. But technically... I do agree that it is a very strong unit, and it should be. If this was a crappy unit for what it costs and what it represents, I'd be like, <laughs> so I'm glad that it's very strong. Is it too strong? I think that remains to be seen yet. I think right now a lot of people are having their initial reactions, and yes, it's good in a Sith deck. I just built a deck with it in it today. I think one of the problems with that deck is the same problem Sith decks has a lot of the time. Its units are very big and very expensive. So it can make it problematic playing a deck like the uh, Sleuth Scout Blockade Runner decks, which I don't know if people are even playing those anymore. I still have one built that I would build sometimes for fun. But I don't know if it's overpowered yet. I know a lot of people are saying no, it is. The card's not overpowered itself. I think what people are saying <laughs> – Nate, you're such a boob. I think what people are saying is um... – that the reaction itself, I think, are people are, are what complaining about. Because the objective set also comes with ISB liaison. You know, another thing I want to mention is the ISB. Um, that's also in Cruel Interrogations, which is the interrogator. So we could have a theme going on here. Just, just, uh, just, just say With names? With names. I would agree with you if it was a trait or something, but yeah, it's yeah. not even a trait on that It's a name. I, I'm going to make an ISB yeah. deck. Yeah, all one-cost units that don't do anything. Anyway, um, so his action is sacrifice this unit to look at the top card of an objective or command deck, then draw a card. So that's going to trigger the executor's reaction. You also get to look at your uh, top card of either your command deck, your objective deck, or your opponent's, which is ridiculously good because say you wanted to kill something and you're like, well, I wonder what his next objective is. And you see it's an objective that would probably, you know, not play in your favor you're like well not gonna kill an objective yet that actually happened to me like two days ago and i was like yeah we'll, we'll just wait so. yeah and i i think too like now that we've talked about this and, and some of the other cards in the set i don't think everybody's saying that the executor is the broken card right i think they're saying that this objective set synergizes so well together as a whole that it is a block of powerful that you can add to a deck you know there's very few decks where you can say okay i'm gonna take these two objectives and add it to something and make the deck overall better 
Right. You know, you could you could run this in a vehicle deck. You can run it in a Sith deck. You could run it in pretty much whatever you want. And there's two objective sets that are powerful. Enough One thing that bottom. surprises me is that it wasn't Sith only. I really expected the objective to have said Sith only. Just because of some of the cards that came in it. And, I mean, it's, it's probably not as useful outside of a Sith deck just because the Sith Holocron is not as useful. But you're probably going to use it on the Executor anyway, but, you know, Vader or the Emperor too. I mean, I do agree that the whole set overall synergizes really well with itself, which is good. I would expect an objective set to synergize well with itself because it's got so many different sacrifice i mean i think every other card in it is some sort of a sacrifice effect right well i mean okay so 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 kind of going on to the the sith holocron thing um Uh this card for me just feels yes it's limited so it balances out a little bit but why the balls is it free like I, I don't understand why you can play this and then sacrifice it. Reduce the next cost of your Sith card by three. That's any card. So I've gotten free Force Lightnings out of this card. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just... I mean, you can even bait your opponent into, into defending with something that you know they might not want to defend with or something. Uh, example, I played a game uh, about... What? So sometime in the morning. And... Um, I attacked with a advisor of the emperor, and I had the Sith holocron out. And my opponent uh, defended with Rogue Three with an enhancement for some reason. I'm not sure why he did, but he did. And I won the edge battle because he didn't have any cards in his hand. Um, or no, I'm sorry, I won the edge battle because I, I twisted and whatnot. You know, typical Sith, blah blah. I got to put a focus token on him, sacrifice Sith holocron, and I got a free Force Lightning, and he couldn't do anything about it. And I was able to take out like one of his key speeder cards. And uh, the game pretty much went in my favor to then. So, I don't know. Like, at first when I read this, I was like, okay, yeah, this is really, really broken. And honestly, when you're playing it, it, it I just – I feel like dirty playing it. It's like, this is not fair. It's not fair to put out turn one Vader for two. Like, that's – Yeah, I almost I almost wish that it had, you know, the play only on your turn. Yeah. Card takes at the end just to kind of balance it a little bit more and make it – feel less abusive mm-hmm. than it is because right now there's so many good ways to just be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to play Sith Holocron and I'm going to play Vader and I'm going to play Palpatine and I'm going to play something else. Uh, your turn. Yeah. And your opponent's just like, well, that, uh, I mean, right now, <laughs> I mean, there's been so many games where I've gotten turn one Vader, turn two Palpatine. It's just like, you gotta look at your opponent and he's just like, well, I mean, they can't do anything with that. Even as even a swarm deck is just like almost helpless against that because it's Palpatine Invader. I mean, come on, uh, Matt. Did you have any any counter arguments or thoughts on this? The only problem I have with the Sith Holocron, and although I'm not sure what Nate was saying with the on your turn thing, um, is that Light Side doesn't have a way to really destroy it because chances are if your opponent plays the Sith Holocron they're then going to use it yep. like you're probably not going to play if you're not going to use it because the only way I can think to destroy it is using Saboteur well Saboteur only works when you play him mm-hmm. unless and, uh, was... so, oh, I suppose you could use Falcon to play Saboteur on your opponent's turn and then use Reaction I suppose you could do that but well, that... seems like a tricky way to get around it just to blow up the Sith Holocron the only other card is the the smuggler card, uh, not sabotage, but 
What's the card that allows you to yeah. steal an enhancement? Um, oh, Smuggler's uh, Run. Smuggler's Run, there we go. But, um, again, it but, basically... I mean, yeah, it, it's after an enemy it. objective is destroyed. So, yeah, yeah again, yeah. it's probably going to be on your turn as the light side, and the Sith Holocron is not going to be there, because... Darkseid's not going to play a Sith Holocron and then say, okay, your turn. And why, and why would you steal it anyway? Because it only affects Sith cards. Well, just to take it away from your opponent. Well, I mean, yeah, there is that. But, I mean, it's just, like, I feel... And then I would sacrifice it just to get it out of the game. Yeah, I mean, I feel that it should at least cost something, not free. I mean, like, if, if we go over what kind of the, I guess, um, pattern is for FFG cards and how they rate things in cost... If generally, if it just has icons and HP, it's going to cost, you know, a, a two for two or three for three or, or, or whatever the HP is. Like, it's not going to do anything fancy. If it does something fancy, it's going to bump that bump that cost up by one. I would think this would at least be at least a one cost enhancement. I mean, there is cards like this in Game of Thrones, like the Sithalicon. There's a, I don't a play various games. locations. So, I know. But I'm saying that this precedent exists in other FFG games. They cost zero. You discard it. The next. Baratheon character you play is three less or two less or whatever. So, I mean, cards like this do exist. So we could see a Jedi holocron, maybe. Um, I don't know if Rebels and Navy or see something comparable. You know, in all honesty, Jedi if, one. if they did come out with a Jedi holocron, I can guarantee you that we're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> I doubt it. It would probably be very much way, comparable to Sith one. Because that's just the way light side goes. It's like, oh, you want a good card? Nope, you're going to have to pay 16 resources for it. Have fun. I just, um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm kind of confused on, like, in play testing. Did it just seem like completely useless to pay for it? I mean, to me, that doesn't. It's like I okay, so I'm gonna pay one for this. It's still reducing the cost of whatever you're playing by three, so you're essentially reducing it by two, which is still a good deal in my opinion. So. Like I, I'm, I'd, I'd really like to. I don't, this probably won't happen, but I'd like to kind of hear from Fancy Flight and like, what was the reasoning behind making this free? Um, just because it's such such a powerful, powerful card. So I mean, uh, at this point, I think we're beating a dead horse here. So, um, any other thoughts on on the Sith Holocron? Nope. Okay. No. All right. So moving on, let's go into deck talk. Um, Matt, did you have a chance to um, put uh, any deck in the show notes at all? Uh, not in the official show notes, no, because I got sick yesterday and didn't really get off my couch. Oh, that sucks. Okay, well, uh, if you have a deck, uh, we'll, we'll do you last then so you can uh, possibly whip one up real quick. Okay. Um, the deck that I've been testing so far is something that um, a buddy of mine uh, – I want to get his name right here one second um, – Oh, load. Um, it's uh, Agent X7110. Uh, I know me and him have been playing a lot on Octagon and uh, just kind of talking through uh, the message boards on uh, Card Game DB. Um, but he came up with a Jedi deck that is really interesting and I think really works really well and has potential for the new uh, Heroes and Legends cycle because he kind of looked at it in a different way. Um, rather than just going the standard two 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 two, it was um, he he goes for two and two for a couple objective sets, but he uses a lot of support objective sets. And Nate, why are you playing Star Wars: Yield Republic? 
I'm not. <laughs> I just said you were, you little douchebag. <laughs> I'm stalking you, and it's not creepy, I, I promise. How um, do you know that? Because we're friends on Reptar, and uh, it alerts me whenever someone goes into a game. So. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so the deck that I've been running is Jedi-affiliated. Um, it's two heroes' journey, two forgotten heroes, two knowledge and defense, and the rest are just one-offs. And you must go Secret of Yavin 4, Jedi training, Message from Beyond, message from beyond and Self-Preservation. Now, these are all support objective sets. So this basically allows you to get a lot of really good events and enhancements for all your main characters. Now, granted, this is kind of a heavy base character deck. I get that. Um, it's something that is interesting to play. And yes, it is 11 objective sets for those of you who are actually counting. And I think Jedi are going to work better with probably 11 sets because of all the support objective sets that they have. Um, so far in testing, I'm about 50-50 with this deck. It's not as consistent as I'd like it to be, but I think it will become more consistent once Heroes and Legends come out and once we see some really more, uh, some, some more good supporting objective sets and some more good character objective sets for the Jedi. Um, Nate, Matt, any, any comments on this, uh, this setup here? Other than not liking having 11 objective sets? Today. Well, I know, I know. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird. Um, I but, think I've, I think you played this against me at one point. No, I, I have not actually. No, I have okay. not tested against you yet. No, you played. I played something similar to this at some point in time. I don't remember what it was. Um, it was a long time. It's good. It. I don't know. It it didn't impress me much. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean the having eleven objective sets like seems really odd, but I didn't find myself like going, "Oh man, if I only drew that card, I'd win." Like, every time I lost, it was, man, I made a lot of mistakes. I should have done better. Um, I think this the deck that I'm currently testing just kind of, like, rewards good, like, really smart play and has a lot of really kind of interesting tricks with it. I mean, it comes with three uh, Jedi mind tricks, which are just so awesome. Like, being able to lock down Palpatine is just, just great. Um so that's kind of my deck I've, I've been testing for a little bit. I like it. I, I'm just a huge Jedi fan. So, uh, Nate, what's the one that you've been testing a little bit? Uh, I've been messing around with with a deck based around the new pilot, Luke. It runs um, Red 2, Red 5, Pilot Luke Home 1. And you can basically choose whatever you want as your last objective set. Mm-hmm. I chose to try it with two Akbars. Mm-hmm. Um, you gain uh, X-Wings and the S- X-Wing Escort. Yep. And Akbar and Heroic Sacrifice. Yeah. So there's quite a few good things about it. Uh, so far, I've been liking the deck. It, it's a fun, casual deck. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily necessarily to the point where you're going to walk into a local tournament and be confident that you're just going to obliterate people with this deck. It it feels a little gimmicky. I don't know if that's because of the Akbar pod and it just Mm -hmm. not necessarily being the best of the best, Mm -hmm. but I've, I've kind of dug the deck and it's, it's fun and it's wacky and it 
does random weird stuff. Yeah, I mean the um, I, I've been testing this this deck out as well, and instead of Akbar, I was using Rogue Three, which was Hot Operations, and I, I me personally, I like that better. Because whenever I would draw Akbar, I'd be like, oh, man, I really wish I could play him. But then I'd look over my resource pool and just go, ooh, can't play him. But, you know, he gives you that that kind of security th- blanket a little bit every once in a while. But in all honesty, um, I think you're right where it is a little gimmicky because you've got to have that kind of good first probably three or four turns to really get that setup going. Um, or even just draw some really, really good vehicle units. But um, against, I think, like Sith Control, you're pretty much out of luck because they just have a lot of really good tactics availability, and tactics pretty much shut down vehicles instantly. Yeah, like, it, it's a fun deck. I've been enjoying mm-hmm. messing yeah. around with it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I also tried uh, Luke in a speeder deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like it. Did not work. In all honesty. <laughs> Did no, not work. I, it did and it didn't it just i wanted the the smuggler um protector units mm-hmm. and it was like oh, i don't have those i really could use those right i now. even tried a variation of that um with this deck which was the pilot luke uh the smuggler protect and the smuggler uh the blockade runner the slew scout and i think it was red five if I remember right. And again, it was just like, okay, well, Cat, what are you doing? Thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, I, I think, sorry about that. My cat tried eating my entire headset cord. I, I think that uh, it's just, you know, it's kind of gimmicky. It's like you either draw some good sluice or you draw that blockade runner and you're able to, you know, attack unopposed a lot and have Luke be in either a, like a slew scout or. Uh, red five or something but just i don't know um i i think with the rebel luke or the uh, the pilot luke i think we're gonna see a variation of some sort of jedi vehicle deck I, i'm i'm gonna call that for the future i, I think that's gonna be a thing eventually because we i mean if they go as far into the expanded universe as i think they're gonna go i mean Jedi eventually get their own squadron and stuff with with all that cool stuff. So I, I think we're going to see that, but I think right now it's just a really fun deck to play, like you said. Uh, Nate, any comments? You mean Matt? Matt, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm. It's been a long day. <laughs> That's okay. Um, one thing, uh, Luke can't go on Slew Scout because it's not a fighter speeder. It's a transport. Slew is a transport. Yeah, vehicle transport. Really. Really, I just checked. Um, wow, that's my weird. deck. So a few weeks ago, when they spoiled the pilot Luke, like I said, I proxied him because I really wanted to use him. So I put him in a speeder deck, and it was okay, and it did end up winning. But you know, I was playing walkers, so I don't think that's much of a challenge. Um, and I was playing it, and then Ben and I talked to everyone. I was like, you know what? I don't know if he fits in speeders or if he fits better with fighters. So I built yesterday after I finally had the actual physical cards in my hand. Um, it's basically the same deck you just said, Patrick. It's Luke, Hoth Ops, uh, Journey of Dagobah for Red 5, Spencer Gavin 4 for Red 2, and then I've got Home 1 yep. uh, with the Rebel Fleet. And one thing, like, I think this is, I like this better than trying to use Akbar because it's like you said, Akbar's kind of gimmicky again with 
another one of those rebel things. Um, so I think I like Hoth operations better because it gives Luke more targets for things he can, you know, jump in and then get blown up in. Um, another thing I thought of just while I was flipping through the deck is that if you have a couple of your Hoth objectives out, you can put Hoth survival gear on Luke and make your Luke a bit more uh, buff to survive a little bit longer. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. I think the deck has potential. I haven't had a chance to actually test this version yet because, you know, I just got the cards. Um, but I think it could be good in that, you know, the entire way the you know light side wins is by blowing up objectives, and it has a lot of target opportunities. I noticed when I was sleeping it up, so it gives you a chance to you know potentially blow up some objectives pretty fast. Which with decks out there like now, like the the new Sith deck sporting the Executor and stuff like that, you you almost need to race it to win before it does, or before it can get itself established. Mm-hmm. So having a deck that has lots of blast, lots of target opportunity, and stuff like that might be a good counter for that i mean this is all theory crafting at this point um but i don't know i i think i think he works better and definitely something with more fighters than he does with uh some of the speeder stuff so my speeder deck just went back to having the smugglers for the protector vehicles which i know a lot of people are saying that you know by putting in the new luke you give up the the protector vehicles from smugglers and stuff like that i mean that's true but it's it's not the same deck i mean it, if there was somehow a reliable way to have the protector vehicles in plus have all the other stuff, it'd be great. But there's no real way to do a tri-affiliated deck without running into resource issues somewhere. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just... I Again, I think that we've kind of come to the conclusion that it's kind of... It's, it's more gimmicky, but it's just a lot of fun to play. So, uh, Matt, were you able to whip up a deck that you've been playing this week? Uh, well, there's that deck there. I had another version of it, like I said, that had speeders, and then I put together uh, an executor deck. I don't know if it's anything like what other people are running, but it's the executor, uh, Council of the Sith, I left in because I love its effect, Vader, the Emperor, Killing Cold for more sacrifice stuff, and I left in a copy of Reconnaissance Mission because I seem to have a hard time of giving it up nowadays in my Sith control deck since I put it in because I just like its effect plus all the fate cards it comes with. So... Looking forward to trying that one out to see if it's buff, as people are saying. I worry about it just doing some practice draws and stuff. It's it's very expensive, so I worry about that. If you don't see a Sith Holocron, I can see you having some trouble getting some of the units out. And I mean, there's only two Sith Holocrons, so it's entirely possible. I mean, this has happened to all of us. You know, it gets buried in like the last three cards at your deck somehow, mm-hmm. clumped together after you know 15 shovels. Um. So I could see it having issues being able to afford everything in it, but I mean that's been Sith's issue, so to speak, pretty much since the game started. You know, they have big, expensive units that can be difficult to play sometimes. So I mean, those are the three I'm looking forward to bashing out more. Cool, excellent, excellent. All right, so we've talked about the end of the cycle. We've talked about um, the Force Pack. We've kind of brought back deck talk, which I'm very excited about. Uh, now it's time to close the show out because we've had a very, very productive show, and I've thank you guys for sticking around and listening to the end of it. Very much appreciate it. Um, we're going to start with shout outs. So Nate, go ahead and give your shout outs this week. Uh, I don't really have any. I haven't really been able to do much. I've been not doing anything. So I'm going to go back to my 
always trustworthy standard shout out and give a shout out to not only the listeners of the show but also the readers of my awesome article that hopefully will come out on tuesday if i decide to write it <laughs> no disintegrations um so shout out to all of you people in listener land you know who you are and i'm pointing at my mic right now so you're being pointed at through the speaker it's crazy you're done i'm done you're done <laughs> matt shout outs I'm surprised you didn't shout out your dad's company, Nate. I I would, but I doubt your dad listens to it. Care. Your, okay. your dad's like, son, <laughs> you didn't shout out my company. You're fired. I care that you have employment now. Yes, that's very exciting. Fine, fine. I will give a shout out to my dad's company. There you go. Oral House that's Design. The Yay! I think they have a website. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nate, you're a good anyway. Employee. You're done. Um, my shout out will go to my new cable internet provider, Bell Media, for following through on their promise of giving all new subscribers who sign up in a certain period of time a free iPad mini, Ah. which I received on Tuesday. I currently own an iPad mini, which I got for free. So currently in my house, we have, I have an iPod touch and an iPad mini. My wife has an iPad and an iPhone. So So you're all I set. (laughs) <laughs> Except for an iBook, if that's such a thing. Our laptop is uh, PC. But other than that, yeah. Uh, because PCs are better than Macs. Hey-o! Honestly, I've never really used one except for at a job where I used to work at where we had graphic design. And I will admit that the Mac did have better color than the PCs. So uh, iPad mini, yes, because it's the, the color intensity on Macs is much better for graphic design than it is on a yeah because they use never anyway let's let's not anyway, get into that so thank you bell media for actually following through i really really expected them to back out somehow you know find some sort of loophole something to you know screw me on my ipad mini but <laughs> up and my wife texted me at work and saying reply now or it's mine i was like tough it's already mine because you already have an ipad that i bought you last year so it's all mine it's a lot of fun what would you do uh, with two of them what would she do with him? Yeah, what would you do with... What? No, she has an iPhone and an iPad. Jeez. I have an iPod and an iPad, and I only use one at a time. The iPad, great for reading books, though. <laughs> Star Wars books. Um, First world problems. can only use yes, one exactly. Apple product at a time. My other shout-out will go down to my local comic book store, Monster Comics, where I was at on Friday, and uh, you guys already know the pile of stuff I got there. I was able to pick up... Uh, I sold the last of my Netrunner cards to a guy down in Halifax because it was just gathering dust. So I used that money to pick up a copy of Slave 1 for the excellent X-Wing miniature game. I also managed to get a TIE Fighter Interceptor, or TIE Interceptor, rather. And a bunch of the Star Wars comic books, including, and this is for people who might not have heard of it yet, there's a new limited series for Star Wars called The Star Wars. It's based on George Lucas's original script for Star Wars from, like, 74 it's quite different from what ended up being filmed and stuff like that. So if you kind of want to see a little glimpse of what was going through George's mind in the early 70s, uh, you might want to pick up that series. It's very interesting. It's very exciting. And Nate, I know you're reading it, and you know you think it's so, pretty good. So yeah, I, I have it's, a, it's really good. I have a question. Is, is Luke okay. called Luke Starkiller, and does Han have gills in his green? No. Luke oh. is – there is a Luke Skywalker, but he's an old general, so he's more yeah. like – an Obi-Wan. There's an Anakin Starkiller who's his Padawan, mm-hmm. whatever they call him. But it's a very different like it's it's much more action packed and almost more political in some ways than like the the way the Empire and like 
Everything Let's else put it this way. It's completely the way different. you sum it up, Star Destroyers are fighters. Yeah, they're two-man fighters instead of being the yep. giant ships. <laughs> Interesting. I... And there is a Death Star, but it's called just a Star Fortress or Space Fortress or something. So some of the stuff that we expected to see is there. Like like there's a pilot called Mace. There's another pilot called Chewie. He's not a Wookiee. Wookiees I haven't even seen yet. Right. I don't think they exist. So you can see some of the stuff that we ended up getting, but it's a very different story. Now, it was only apparently like 160 write-ups, so it wasn't even a full script or anything, and they basically expanded it into this eight-issue series that they're doing. Right, right. And I wonder if some of the pacing of it, because it feels very accelerated, is because of the fact they only got eight issues to tell this other universe, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But it's very exciting. So if you haven't picked it up or you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. It's Sweet. an interesting little glimpse, and the covers are very well designed because all the covers are done, you know, like like the Star Wars movie posters ended up being. It's like one of those on the cover of the comic book, but it's this alternate. Well, that's cool. Universe. I'll go ahead and I'll add some uh, links okay. to it in the show notes, guys. Awesome. So awesome. if you're interested in that, you can check it out. All right. So my shout outs are going to be to my lovely wife once again and my son, Nicholas, who uh, are downstairs letting me do this podcast every other week. So thank you. Love you guys very much. And um, I'm going to shout out to uh, Fantasy Flight Games once again just to uh, just kind of remind people how uh, much work and effort they actually go uh, – that goes into balancing this game and uh, just kind of making it just really, really awesome. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a lot of factions that uh, – well, you know, one in particular that doesn't really have a lot of merit right now, but it'll get there. Um, Jedi will get there and, you know – First impressions of cards are always something that I always uh, enjoy doing. So when I say something is going to be extremely overpowered, probably it's just a first impression. Don't don't listen to me. I don't know anything. But um, shout out to them and their artists. Um, you guys just do a phenomenal job. I don't think you guys get enough thanks. Um, so big shout out to all the artists that work for fin- uh, Fantasy Flight Games. Not only in Star Wars, but in all their other, other products. Some of you guys, just phenomenal work. And... Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's going to be it. Uh, you can follow us at all these cool social media doohickey mabobbers. Uh, we have a Twitter, which is so fun. And um, it's going to be at Table Flip Show, which is our Twitter. Also, Nate reminded me to give a shout-out to the playtesters. Thank you for uh, not making the game completely broken and unplayable. And please don't ever put an Ugnaught that's overpowered in the game. That would be great. Thanks. Uh, also, follow, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash tableflip podcast and you can email the show at tableflip at hotmail.com not sure outlook. Uh, oh it's outlook it's outlook okay I, I think we're going to change to a gmail account that way we all can just have it forwarded to all of our regular email addresses i think that'd be easier so but anyway guys um that's going to be the show thank you so much for listening and seriously guys if you have topics or anything you want to discuss on next week's show, message me, Nate, or Matt on the forums or give us a, uh email, which is tableflip at outlook.com. And uh, we will be glad to answer them on the show. And any feedback is very, very much wel- welcome, both constructive and uh, negative or positive. But that's the show, guys. Uh, once again, God bless. May the force be with you. Have a good night, evening, and afternoon. Bye-bye.